Hello listeners, our guest today may not exactly fall into the bucket of a sportsman, but undebatably one of the biggest names Micah has ever produced in the industry of sports. With a voracious career in sports marketing spanning close to 10 years, he has worked with the biggest brands in the house. Currently works as CBO at Sports Interactive, presenting to you, Siddharth Raman. Hi Siddharth. Hi Ashish, thank you for having me on this show and Thank you for the very kind uh, and and not not exactly true introduction, but thank you. Yeah, uh, I it is it is not true in uh, in an, in a different way than you would probably expect it to be. I'll come I'll come to that part through the podcast. Sure, look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so say that to me personally, this is a great deal because I happen to be in similar circles as yours in the recent past, whether it is. your sports marketing classes at mica or or as an smc member or my internship stint at uh, sports interactive but never really got to have a chat with you so yeah this is this is something that i've looked forward to for some time now yes, absolutely and, and like when we met at mica i told you i was also really uh, you know surprised that we couldn't uh, catch up during your stint at, at sports interactive yeah. during the one month that you spent there but uh, like i said you did work on a on an interesting uh, pitch at that time which we did end up winning yes uh, yes you know a month or so after that so thank you for that uh-huh. uh yeah coming coming to your introduction part where it was where it was not true is how you misled us into believing that you're not actually a sportsman while you have a pro cam slam runner winner your name <laughs> well to be honest that, that that's not a that's not a winners medal it's more of a finishers medal but yeah uh, long long distance running is something i've taken up over the past 5 years i, I, I happened to check the results on their website i i see your name i think you have a ranking of 2999 if i'm not wrong to be honest i myself haven't checked it so I, <laughs> <laughs> if you're telling me that then i'll i'll go by it uh, but uh, Yeah, if if that's it, then yeah, it feels good to be in the top three thousand in the country. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Siddharth, uh, like like most Indians out there, uh, you've you've eventually got your liking of a career uh, through the path of engineering in IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how did how did that happen? Um. Yeah. Well, that that part of of my. career is quite stereotypical to be honest uh you you come from a a south indian family you end up being half decent in acads and the logical path is you you know either become an engineer or a doctor uh i uh, so for me engineering was the chosen path uh, more by method of elimination i really want to become a doctor um and uh, I always like to say this. Engineering made me realize what I don't want to do in life, so that's why I'm grateful to engineering um, for that. Um, and uh, during my time in engineering, I I I, I tried to you know uh, be uh, involved in in some kind of either sporting activity or anything related to sport. At that point in time, I think sports marketing was still very nascent, and this mm-hmm. goes back to the early 2000s. Uh, Uh, mid 2000 uh, yeah early 2000 mm-hmm. but it it it's uh, you know it's uh, uh, at that point in time i wasn't sure what i wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, and you know i just went with the flow and and, and got a job in an it company mm-hmm. uh, I, i joined sap labs in bangalore and mm-hmm. uh, this was just this was towards the end of 2007 yeah. uh, the year i graduated engineering and uh, the next year something interesting happened in india which opened my eyes to the world of sports marketing and to be honest actually when i graduated engineering i i, I thought i'll i'll I, you know want to make it big in the world of sports journalism mm-hmm. uh so i i tried a lot in terms i mean i i started my own cricket blog i used to try and update it regularly and these were the days when uh, blogspot was very common uh, now i mean there was blogspot uh, wordpress and now medium mm-hmm. in those days blogspot blog was the go to place to publish a blog i used to i used to I publish a cricket blog on a regular basis i when i was wow. working in in in, in it uh, uh, there were a couple of uh, publications i used to write to write for on a regular basis and that to free of cost uh, and to be honest i actually had an offer 
uh, when I had when I when I had the offer to join SAP, I also had an offer from a, a fledgling cricket platform at that time, which everybody now knows as Cricket Buzz. Oh wow! Uh, they used to they used to operate out of a, an apartment in Banshankri in Bangalore. <laughs> I remember making the trip to go and meet the founders over there. The the the, the role they had an offer was actually for a text commentator. Okay. Uh, for the website yeah uh, so i to be honest wanted to be more on the editorial side of things and i don't blame them uh, I, i was an unknown quantity not a you know definitely not a crowd puller in terms of you know if i write right articles or publish them on their website people would want to come and read it but uh, i think uh, you know i i actually also learned to say no to to something in sport i that is that is another thing that i i realized that you don't necessarily need to take the first opportunity that comes your way uh, and who knows if i taken that up uh, i could have i would have ended up building a career in sport but i don't know what path i would have taken it could have probably been uh, you know i could have been a part of a growing team at cricket buzz and cricket buzz you know where it is today yeah, yeah. Uh, but then i said no to that and i i decided to pursue the slightly different way and yeah during my uh, during my time in it i i tried to you know dabble in writing as much as possible i remember uh, writing cold emails to the uh, to sambit gal at cricket for to to the folks at cricket next which was at that point in time i think a network gating portal ndtv sports all the editors with a few of my articles and wow. telling them to please give me a chance uh, and you know let me at least uh, start writing freelance on if if try a full time job was not possible so i've been through that grind and mm. obviously uh, you know in most of those places you uh, never really end up getting uh, a response uh, <laughs> but i did i did i did go through all of that uh, and uh, like i said in 2008 when the ipl happened it mm. opened my eyes to a totally different realm of of sports mm-hmm. uh, which was sports management and sports marketing mm. so i used to actually go to the stadium to watch matches this was I bangalore mean, the parent, this was bangalore correct oh. uh, bangalore and and uh, at that point in time i was a die hard mumbai indians fan okay. so i'd actually tra- travel back home uh, to bombay uh, on weekends whenever mi was playing a game a weekend game in bombay wow. uh, so i would watch matches in both uh, and the interesting part was when when the ipl started bangalore was my least favorite team and and mi is was my mo- was was the most my favorite team at that point in time and i'll at some point in the podcast i'll tell you how they ended up reversing uh, not reversing but bangalore ended up uh, is now my favorite team in the ipl uh, but uh, that makes the two yeah. of us <laughs> yeah so uh, i used to I, i used to go and watch it from a fan perspective but mm-hmm. also from the point of view of learning what it took to actually produce and deliver a world class tournament of of this stature mm-hmm. uh, and i used to see these guys walking around the stadium with these uh, you know these accreditation they had this thing hanging around their neck a lanyard with a which was like a you know uh, a, a an all access pass if you want to call it that right? and uh, they were from uh, when i managed to you know uh, sneak a glance at one of them when i was crossing them i i saw that they represented this company called img okay uh, so i actually went and read up a little more about img and i realized that img is one of the large i mean i, I had heard of it from a fashion and entertainment perspective but mm-hmm. i i also got to know better you know got to know them better from their sports marketing uh, uh, offerings right and and, and img uh, since the inception of the ipl has been responsible for delivering such a world class event year on year so that then broadened my horizon beyond just sports journalism to say okay there there could be you know an opportunity to uh, to work in sport beyond beyond this journalism and mm-hmm. which probably made sense for someone like me uh and i then i started i actually my first email was to the folks at at ing at that point in time to to explore if they could give you know a, a young enthusiastic sports fan an opportunity to work in sport uh and i also spoke to a few guys in the uh, through a few common connects to get their perspective and i think uh, uh the, the the general sense and feedback i got from everybody was you know it's going to be very difficult to to break into the industry like this uh, for an unknown, unknown entity I, the the part they said would be and especially if you are an engineer working in an it company mm-hmm. uh, the uh, you know the the path some of them recommended was to actually pursue a management uh, degree and and use that to get into you know sports marketing or sports management wow. uh, and uh, well at, at some point in time i did wa- always want to pursue uh, an mba and this just made it uh, you know made that decision easier mm. uh, and uh, that's when i started preparing for and this was probably 
2008-2009 that's when i started preparing for for mba entrance exam then i did a little bit of my research on sports marketing i was like i said engineering and and you know made me realize what i didn't want to do in life so there, when i was applying for 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 b schools i was very clear that i want to go to a school that will help me pursue a career in sport mark sports marketing and and uh, nothing else uh, and when i did, did my research this was 2009 2010 there were only two b schools in india at that point in time that uh, offered an elective in sports marketing like not even a major mm-hmm. uh, and and these were uh, i am calcutta and myka and there was a same professor who was teaching at both places so that yes. kind of strengthened my my resolve to to go to one of these two uh, i am calden happen and and myka did so that's how i i ended up in myka and, and the funny part was that my entire myka interview i i, I consider myself extremely lucky uh my my myka statement of purpose and and, and in the application stage and the interview was completely based on cricket uh, i remember uh there was uh, there were three folks on 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 my interview panel if i'm not mistaken i think one of them was pat uh, uh may soul rest in peace uh i i don't remember the, the second one and the third one i remember was falguni uh and i then it ended up being a discussion between pat and me on cricket uh, pat decided to use that time to quiz me on my on my knowledge and my my points of view on various things like my interview was around which was this, you know who was a better captain see uh, mm. war or ricky ponting and and i actually gave a very uh different answer of saying mark taylor because mark taylor actually built that team that steve one ponting ended up inheriting wow. at different stages <laughs> uh and uh, yeah i mean it, it didn't even feel like an interview to be honest and and uh, thanks to that uh, i ended up getting an admit to, to my cup that's beautiful was it around this time siddharth that uh, dream job happened espn star uh actually espn star happened immediately uh, immediately after my engineering so 2007 and, and that uh, is where uh, i think you ran into arvind if i'm not wrong correct that was the first time i i ran into arvind arvind bengar was the ceo of uh, sports interactive and yes. uh when we ended up meeting each other for the first time uh, we were amongst the national finalists at that point in time uh fortunately not in the top 3000 over there but we ended up being in the top 18, 18 across yes. the country yeah uh, and and we we were a part of a a reality show of types uh, of sorts where uh, you know all of us were uh, we spent about a week or 10 days together in in delhi going through a bunch of auditions uh, and and different uh, different tasks to to judge our capability to become a sports presenter and i'm actually very proud of the fact that jatin sabru who everyone sees now on star sports was actually yes. a, a was the eventual winner of of yes. dream job and uh, very well deserved and and you know he's a great guy and a lot of us from that uh, from that group of 18 have ended up finding most of us have ended up working in 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 sport in, in some form of the other uh, you know over the past uh, 12 to 13 years that that's really nice and uh, post which i think sap labs happened again i don't think sap labs is as distant as as distant as it seems from sports i think uh, uh, hop uh, owns hoffenheim <laughs> true uh, but to be honest when you are an entry level software engineer over there you, i mean those are all great things to know but i don't think you'll ever end up getting exposure <laughs> to any of that uh, I, i remember as a formula 1 fan we used to see the sap logo on 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 mclaren and and i think uh, the mclaren drivers had the sap logo on their helmet as well so that's the that's the exposure we had uh to sap at that point in time uh but beyond that i mean when you when you're working over there i think it's yeah. a large place such a large organization and entry mm-hmm. level there you But if i'm not wrong i think hoffenheim i mean the football club of, of hoffenheim has a tie up with the university of hoffenheim wherein they have a special program uh, to train people in football managerial degree if i'm not wrong i this is something that i've heard 4 5 years ago uh to be honest i'm not completely aware of this but i won't be surprised if that is the case because europe is an extremely mature yeah. market from a sports perspective as well and there are multiple such courses i think real madrid runs a program as well uh fifa fifa runs a, a program like this where they are, you know uh they certify people who are you know potential administrators of the sport 
or a few years down the line or can work with with uh, sports teams or leagues so mm-hmm. uh, i i won't be surprised if that's the case 4-5 years ago was when I was researching that was immediately after I completed my engineering so you know the phase yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, you are the co-founder of SMC the sports marketing club at Micah so mm-hmm. when when uh, you thought of it what was what did you exactly envision for it and what was its positioning uh to be honest uh the the thought of smc actually came to me quite late in my career be very honest this came to me in the sixth uh, semester which is basically the last uh semester of of the uh, the course mm-hmm. where where i realized that you know uh, in in my batch i was probably the only nutcase who you know wanted to pursue a career in sport and did some really stupid things for that uh, and i put stupid in in airports over here mm-hmm. uh, based, based on which that was of the fence you're sitting on mm-hmm. and i realized there could be more such people coming in uh, in the future mm-hmm. uh, and i knew a few of my juniors also were kind of keen on on pursuing a career in sport mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the thought came from you know talking to them and a few of my batchmates to see i think it was very clear at that point in time that you know sports marketing club is Is, is more of a special interest group the intent was never for it to be a formal committee hmm. but actually for the sports marketing club to work closely with all the formal committees in mica hmm. to see how you can uh, you know uh, deepen the 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 institutes uh, uh, foothold in the in the sports marketing industry right so to give you an example the way i thought about it was if if sports marketing at, at mica were to work with mica and we would have a within my canvas you'd have a specific sports marketing uh, uh, you know uh, case study event mm-hmm. case study or event which happened the following year right yes, yes, if you, you you correct you work with mica minds to try and get uh, sports marketing related projects you work yes. with uh, you know mls to try and get sports marketing or sports management speakers to come in Uh, to come and uh, speak on campus mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth right so i think that's how it is always envisioned mm-hmm. uh, to to not become another committee because i think there are multiple committees that are uh, you know already existing and at mica and, and to be honest sports sports marketing in an institute like mica is always going to be niche right mm-hmm. all 150 folks are never going to be interested to want to work in sport mm-hmm. it'll always be a handful of people and therefore how do, how do you how do you make life a little simple or easier for them just based on my learnings and the time that i spent at the institute to try and uh, make that happen great uh but something uh, that i've felt as as a member of both uh, scam and smc uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of things that both the committees could do weren't clearly defined as to who would do it so if you could put it uh, if you could draw parallels to the real world would it mm-hmm. be right to say if if we could take cricket for example would it be right to say uh, scam would be bcci and smc would be everything else like your broadcasters and your and your sponsors and your uh yeah actually i i let me put it let me let me put it this way i think scam will be the the bcci uh for for mica i think that's a good way to put it and that, that is for all sporting events at mica mm-hmm. uh and i think if i have to put it uh snc could be uh like the the img right at mica which uh-huh. which does not only work with the bcci but can work with every anybody else to do anything in sport correct, correct. right so which is why you work with a mic canvas or an mls or a mica minds also to bring that sporting angle in mm-hmm. whereas cam i think if i have to uh actually better than bcci i would say cam is more like sports authority of india okay. whose uh, whose job is to you know develop grassroots sports and get more people to get active and build champions so that you have folks at the podium at the olympic same way cam should be that you know enable and facilitator to identify the, the the really good athletes across all all sports and build the best teams and send them to represent mica at various sporting events mm-hmm. uh and, and and i think that and, and obviously conduct a conduct something like summer which is which should be one of the you know one of the best in class sporting events across all b schools mm-hmm. um and 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 smc is more like an img right it, it can work one with with some someone like a scam but 
it can work with everybody across the board as well you are not restricting yourself with uh with, with just one committee that's that's a, a much better clarity than i've had for years now uh hope that helps so that as the guys who are currently in in cab and smc certainly uh siddharth uh, you you were at mica 2010 2012 if i'm not wrong and uh, this was the time where sports really changed for mica as an institute mica began uh, to go to external tournaments summer happened for the first time so it kind of took a huge leap and uh, this happened while you were there and a part of your stint as the president of mcsa so how was it from those eyes so i think from a sport lens uh, i i consider myself to be extremely lucky to be you know a part of that uh, of the 2010 12 era at mica hmm. uh, exactly like you said i think that was the first time that you know sport mica started sending contingents to other colleges and other college and we also launched summer that was the first year that actually the floodlights got installed on the football field oh. uh, 2000 yeah yeah we were the batch when it actually happened uh, and and i still remember the 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 first night of uh, you know i think folks ended up playing till 233 in the morning or probably even till uh, you know staying up till sunrise uh, which otherwise would typically happen only during the party but uh, <laughs> I, I think we were extremely fortunate in in that sense, and and summer also was a great success, and that was the time when the tennis court got renovated, the basketball court. Uh, so earlier we used to have this one concrete tennis court, but then it kind of got renovated to you know we it got expanded, and there were two courts then that were built. The basketball court was you know shifted to another place, but it that was also and also redone. The, the we obviously had the cricket field, the football field. So uh, it it was very good from that perspective. and i think you know we some of my best memories uh, from from mica are from uh, you know the mica cricket league that was the first year we had the uh, we had a player auction as well and then wow. you had icon players uh, and uh, team owners we you know we didn't want to keep it male exclusive so you know we kept the team ownership open for every anybody wanted to own a team to come and uh, come and own a team so that all i mean all all those elements were fun um uh, and uh, yeah summer uh, you know the being a part of the uh, first summer also was something that was really really interesting hmm. but i think for me the highlight and i say i, I again say this because you know we are extremely lucky to be a part of the 2010 12 uh, batches because uh, the 2011 uh, cricket world cup happened hmm. and amdabad was actually hosting uh, three matches at that point in time hmm. uh and a few of us actually got to do work at the stadium for those matches wow. so a little uh, uh, this is not this is well uh, it's an interesting little you know anecdote i like to throw that this is not my first in that sports interactive this is actually my second stint because i had i actually in, interned with them during the 2011 world cup uh, when i was studying in amdabad so i was uh, an on ground digital volunteer or what at that point in time was called a, a fan engagement associate where Sports Interactive was working with Castrol, who was a sponsor of the ICC Cricket World Cup, and there was this portal called CastrolCricket.com that was, um, you know, that was being managed by by Sports Interactive, mm-hmm. and Sports uh, Sports Interactive had tied up with multiple volunteers across all locations where the World Cup was taking place. Mm-hmm. And our job was there were there, there were three people required at the venue. One was to actually capture fan engagement or fan reactions from the stands and. regularly upload them on the website the other was to catch capture photos which could go up on on you know galleries and the third one was actually sitting with in the scoreboard control room where at certain designated points uh, one of the deliverables for castrol as a sponsor was to get a the castrol cricket index which arvin had developed at that point in time and arvin was studying at stanford uh, when in the two, uh, during the 2011 world cup wow. uh, from stanford he had actually was working with castrol to develop the castrol cricket index and and that was going and that was going up at, at specific times during the uh, during the game right so uh, i had i got to know this through my dream job network that something like this was happening mm-hmm. uh, and I, i wrote to the guys at sports interactive they got back to me and and uh, you know one thing led to another and i ended up getting 
being able to work uh, at the stadium for those three days and imagine you're the guy on campus who has the all access pass right you have an accreditation to go all over the stadium go in go out anytime you had i i had access to the icc office to get connection to the internet to upload stuff on a regular basis and for a guy who was in his first year of his mba at that point in time to experience all that was was something that was you know uh, uh, out of this world to to say the least that's that's um, interesting and uh, there were two and and you know like i said i consider myself to be extremely lucky and i'm also you know uh, extremely fortunate to have interacted with a lot of great folks at mica and there were two of my seniors who were extremely supportive of me when i wanted to uh, when i decided to uh, made it very clear that i want to pursue a career in sport and nothing else one of them was actually from uh, the senior platform who is the your senior to me sujay rajpal and the other was this guy called gaurav mindha Okay. who was one of the best sports people of his batch as a fantastic cricketer uh super fast bowling and and very uh hard hitting batsman uh so uh as i wanted two more folks and i actually got them involved they were at the you know towards the end of their second year and relatively free so sujay was and sujay is a photographer himself so sujay actually was the uh, on ground photographer and and midha was the guy sitting in the uh, scoreboard uh, control room ensuring that uh, you know the castrol cricket index goes up at at uh, regular intervals so it was an all mica crew over there that was actually taking care of whatever needed to be done for castrol during the cricket world cup so uh, i consider ourselves to be extremely extremely lucky and i think that's the other thing about the institute where they were very very supportive of of these kind of things because uh, i still very clearly remember the the india we got to see the india australia quarter final okay. uh, in 2011 which was in ahmedabad mm-hmm. uh 24th march was actually uh, that was the our end semester exam that was going on at that point in time so 24th march i remember uh, we uh, we had a we had an exam and there was an exam on the 25th of march as well so i i spoke to the professor at that time uh, the actually the director at that time uh, mr ashok ranshod again god may his soul rest in peace and he was extremely extremely supportive and he let me give the exam a little early and leave a little early because i had to be the be at the stadium by a particular time uh, and and that level of flexibility was provided uh, and yeah I, I, after the match after the high of seeing india win you know i took i got back to campus uh, post midnight and i had to get down to studying for the next day's paper but i think that the adrenaline and joy of seeing india defeat australia and end their world cup run was and i remember i even remember we had a supply chain management paper the next day uh, and uh, uh, was was able to uh, you know end up studying for that and and managed to clear it as well <laughs> when the final result came yeah it must yeah. be one of one of those really good days of your life that you would cherish absolutely and i think the, the I, i still you know vividly remember the ride back from the stadium to the campus now the stadium motera stadium which is obviously a good one hour journey from yes, campus yes. and uh, none of us had taken our bikes because parking was an issue so azerbai we had, we had spoken to him to arrange for an auto for us both ways and there was an auto waiting to take us back and actually when you're going back uh, half of the path the half of the route back was the same route that the the indian team cricket bus would take back to their team hotel and and we were actually leading the bus so there were folks standing on on both sides of the road in an auto yeah, yeah. So, i mean uh, unintentional but it was you know sujay mitta and me in an auto going back to campus and seeing you know fans on either either side of the street cheer waiting for the bus to come and and uh, you know cheer for the indian team and that's something that uh, i still vividly remember one of the one of one of the highlights of the time at my cup crazy uh, so siddharth uh, through your career in the last let's say 8 9 years or so so you've mm-hmm. had uh, brands like rcb force india pro kabaddi league icc cricket world cup under your belt so how are these entities or brands uh, similar to each other and in what ways are they different from each other uh i think that the uh each of them is different in terms of what their objectives are like mm-hmm. uh i think icc is to for icc is to make cricket a global sport mm-hmm. uh for someone like pro kabaddi it's to build a new sport is to reinvent a new uh, a sport uh, for indian masses for rcb is to be one of the most loved franchises across the 
uh, across the IPL. Mm-hmm. So each of them has a unique objective that way. But I think the one that common across all of them is they all need fans to to exist. True. Um, and therefore, the once you have the fans in place and once you have a highly uh, you know loyal and engaged fan base, that's when the rest of the pieces of the puzzle can fall into place. Right? But without a fan base, without an active, loyal, and highly engaged fan base, none of them. uh will be able to to exist right and i think that's the common thread that that ties them all across uh mm. together so i think at this point you can probably tell us how the shift from mi to rcb happened <laughs> as a fan so so uh so i am from mumbai so you know and and when the ipl launched uh, uh mi was obviously the first team of choice and satin was also playing for mi and mm-hmm. 2008 was that you know 2008 9 was that satin and jayasurya opening the innings together which and for any kid was one of a huge uh, satin fan uh yes i am i, I am a, a, a huge uh, satin fan mm. uh any you talk to anybody from from my batch they'll they'll uh, know that my nickname at one point in time was aila uh, because in in one uh, one of <laughs> one of the impromptu skits that we had to do during camp or i remember i had done an ad with i had enacted an ad uh, if sachin were to do it uh, and and i actually ended up doing an aila over there with the uh, unmentionable movement also that he does uh, and and that 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 name kind of stuck with me for uh, till till i passed out from mica but yeah i am a huge sachin fan and that's one of the reasons uh, I, I you know I was supporting MI. Mm-hmm. Uh, RCB happened because well uh, I started working for RCB. Uh, so after I uh, graduated from MICA, uh, the I, I through campus I was placed in in UB mm-hmm. uh, USL which, mm-hmm. uh, technically uh, United Spirits and uh, uh, thanks to uh, that I ended up getting an opportunity to work uh, in RCB. Uh, this was the 20, 2013 season and I was a part of the. Digital marketing team, mm-hmm. and at that at that point in time, digital was just picking up. That twenty, I think, after we graduated, that was the first year. Michael also offered uh, a specialization in the second year in digital comms management. So you get, and Michael has always been ahead of the curve in you know in those kind of things. So you can imagine digital was just picking up at that point in time, and I learned a lot uh, just working on 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 a brand like RCB and. and managing the uh, you know social media platforms and the owned and operated platforms for a team like rcb and uh, i i just call it stockholm syndrome right you you one season you spend with the team you end up uh, building a soft corner for them and and you end up bonding that team to to uh, you know win and again uh, like i said i consider myself extremely lucky because the season i was there uh, was when I got to see the Gale 175 match wow. live in the stadium, and wow. technically I was being for that, right? So again, even though there I had the had the all access accreditation to because I had to work on match day at some stadium, and on that particular day I happened to be there at the stadium, and it rained. I remember. Mm-hmm. So typically on 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 match days I'd actually be sitting in the team office and and ensuring stuff is happening smoothly on digital but on that particular day there was a rain break for some time mm-hmm. so i actually utilized the rain break to finish up whatever work i had to uh, and and then when the match resumed was when i could actually go to the uh, rcb box and watch gales 175 uh, was this a chinnaswamy this is a chinnaswamy correct nice. this is a chinnaswamy yeah this was against uh, pune the pune warriors, pune warriors. uh so siddharth my my uh, experience or my memories with rcb i mean i've been a fan since 2008 and mm-hmm. uh, and quite sadly ever since i left uh, karnataka mm-hmm. i've never really had rcb fans around me uh, mm-hmm. and it it was only at sports interactive where surprisingly arjun was an rcb fan and uh, and two three others so at one month where i when during which i worked at sports interactive we used to mm-hmm. wind up things by 8 o'clock and the whole experience of watching a match with rcb fans happened to me only at si probably after a gap of 8 9 years so mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. I, i really remember I... sports interactive for the rcb brotherhood that i found Yeah, if you have 450 sports fans working under the same roof, you are bound to find people 
who share your idiosyncrasies not all of them are going to support the same team uh, you will you will find united city arsenal liverpool chelsea uh, spurs you name it same thing for for ipl you will hmm. you will find on, on during the ipl you will you will know who supports whom because on 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 a particular match day if their favorite team is playing they'll wear the team jersey and come to work so you just like csk fans will wear a csk jersey and yeah. come to office that day uh, same thing for mumbai delhi or or rcb so yeah when you have 450 sports fans working together then that definitely going to be the case uh talking about your office um you you have a mini library in your uh, office and you urge people to pick up books from there and read which which seldom happens that's what i've heard Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what all books have you got in there uh, uh i am a uh, non fiction reader uh, i i'm not big on fiction and and uh, my choices range from uh, sports books to sports biographies to sports autobiographies to some management books right mm-hmm. so if you if you see my library at, at office uh, i'll have uh, one of my favorite autobiographies which is steve war steve war mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone uh i i recently read uh, the barefoot coach by paddy upton uh and during his time with with the indian team along with gary kasper mm-hmm. um i have abhinav bindra's a shot at gold uh which is uh, which is uh, his his autobiography his biography actually written by with by him and uh, rohit krishnan mm-hmm. uh the other little obscure one but which i think is really good and any cricket fan should read is uh, indian summers by john wright which is uh, co-authored by with sharda ugra i think for for those of us who really love the lakshman tendulkar ganguly kumble generation hmm. you, that book is a much must read because i think it also tells you a lot about uh, it teaches you a lot about uh, man management and leadership skills because john wright entered the indian dressing room knowing that there are he's dealing with five heroes and mm-hmm. each of them is like a god for which part which were part of the country that they come from and, and i think that's something that he also uh, uh, understood and and made each of them play to their strengths and he built a cohesive a very cohesive unit on the back of that uh, and and this is my personal opinion i i i think greg chappell tried to do exactly the opposite very try to impose himself yeah, on all of these yeah, guys yeah. and it completely backfired and then gary kerson went back to that you know backroom boy kind of leadership where he's there from the he's supporting you from the back but always wants you to be at the forefront and make it look like it's your decision to do whatever you want to but i think that's also a, an interesting book and then uh, uh, sacred hoops by by phil jackson from his time with the chicago bulls mm-hmm. I, i love to read about this because i think sport teaches you a lot not just, i mean as a fan you enjoy watching it you enjoy the uncertainty and unpredictability but i think to you'll really appreciate what goes into building uh, you know a successful sports team or what it takes to become a, a world class athlete mm-hmm. and there's a lot to learn from that to take into what we do on a day to day basis as well right uh, in our in our own work like uh, something as simple as and these are some quirks that that you know i i picked up and i try to uh, do your like rahul dravid's wife famously said that you know you'll give him dal chawal for 10 days he won't complain but you shave off 2 grams from his bat and he'll notice it the moment he picked it up right so i mean that's how he that's how much he loved his his bat and for me i try and my my laptop my laptop and my notebook are the equivalent of my bat when i try and treat them the same way like a a cricketer would treat his favorite bat i try and bring those same learnings and and you know uh quirks into my day to day uh life to try and keep the excitement going that reminds me of something uh you're known to have a hawk eye for uh for fonts and you immediately pick up something if something's not in place <laughs> that, why, that why? Is, that... and if there's somebody who hates the calibri font more than nawaz sharif it's you uh exactly that, that's why? actually very true uh well to be well to be absolutely honest i, I wasn't like this until about 3 or 4 years uh back uh, and my my printer ddb mudra actually taught me that uh working in a creative agency and and again being a uh, uh, executive assistant to to madhukar at that point in time gave me access to learn from a lot of senior industry folks and a lot of senior creative people as well so i used to really enjoy those interactions and those sessions with them learning about the creative process i i never 
I consider myself to be a creative person but I just love to learn a lot from from people like them and the, the way they approach their craft and the I mean creativity can come come from anywhere right and, and I think the uh, uh, the other thing I learned about creativity is it's also about uh, getting the finer details right mm-hmm. and and that's when I realized simple things like uh, typeface or font have a huge impact on how a certain piece of content or a certain creative is is, is treated mm-hmm. and I personally uh, hate calibri because uh, exactly like you said uh, the nawaz sharif story uh, those of those of anybody who's not heard it can actually go and google it it can land someone in jail uh, but, and and there's also there's also some research done on this i think uh, helvetica is the research has shown that helvetica is the most easy font on the eye the okay. most easy to consume font uh, on the eye and which is why i say when in doubt you use helvetica or arial but never never uh, Calibri, and I just feel it, it. It it shows that you you really care about uh, I, I, you really care about packaging as well. Mm-hmm. It, it it always I mean substance is absolutely critical, but I think for for you know for some of the industries that we work in, it needs to be a combination of form plus substance. You can't always just depend on on uh, only on substance taking you through. If you need to cut through the clutter, form is equally important. True. True. uh and and that's probably what i think uh someone like in someone like you can bring the micron edge to the industry hopefully Let's yeah see. uh so this is that some uh, some uh, something that you would very often be asked or a very daunting question to you is what must someone do to build a career in uh, the sports marketing and through time i've realized there is no definitive answer to this so i'm going Correct. to kind of twist this question a bit uh mm-hmm. what can a student do okay if we if we could take mike in for an instance what what could someone do on a personal level uh to kind of make his chances better once he graduates and you know make his career in sports marketing got it uh, no i do get this i do get asked this question a lot uh, and uh, i don't think i have a clear answer but i can share uh, some of the stuff i've learned from my own experience and it it could work for some people it may not hmm. but what what i have just realized i think first and foremost if you want to make a career in sport hmm. i say to be absolutely clear as to why you want to do it right Uh, and and that i think that sense of purpose needs to be there it can't just be because oh it's a glamorous sector and it is something that uh, you know if i get into I, i'll watch every match sitting in the vip box drinking mm-hmm. a beer or a champagne in the stadium mm-hmm. i i those are those are all the wrong reasons to get into sport and i think it if if you genuinely love delighting fans or if you genuinely feel you can add value to sport uh, in its current form mm-hmm. to make it better the way it is The way it is played, or the way it is packaged, the way it is presented, the way it is consumed—I think those need to be driving factors for you to want to work in the industry. I think that's one. The second one is, I think, just rigorous, you know, discipline and practice in in reading about about the latest happenings in the world of sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when when I was in my car, there was not there were not too many. portals or or regular sources of news that that uh uh you know would would uh, be available to us but uh, i think what i learned is you be curious and they will the, i think the what the institute does is a great job of of giving you the opportunities to pick up different things from different places and connect the dots right mm-hmm. so uh, i think uh, with, and 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 you will be able to do that if you are genuinely passionate about sport and right? i'll give you three or four examples hmm. so i think the the first one is uh, when uh, in our first year there was an industry speaker who came to he was actually heading percept uh, the agency at that point in time and he was giving us a talk on 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 generally sports media and entertainment and he mentioned this you know uh, he was talking a little bit about the business of cricket and he spoke about uh this this uh, portal called sports power mm-hmm. which was an india india focused uh, uh sports news portal right so mm-hmm. that's when i heard about it for the first time and i immediately made a note of it and when i went back to my room i started you know uh, going i i went to the site and subscribed to newsletters and started want to read more about it right that that's what the the second one is my uh, now when i joined like sports marketing was always a post in the second year mm-hmm. uh and uh, our seniors had the sports marketing course uh, during our 
second semester i think but cd uh, mitra who teaches that course was also there on campus during the first semester mm-hmm. and again I, i consider myself to be extremely fortunate and lucky i remember a, a senior of mine actually telling me hey cd is on campus uh, you know we heard you want to do something in sport but i just go and talk to him he's a chota and i remember this was at about 9:30 10 in the night he's like cd is a chota why don't you go and talk to him so i actually remember i walked up to cd introduced myself to him told him i want to do something in sport mm-hmm. and and just let him know about that and uh, and that that was how i you know i didn't have, I, i didn't wait till second year to or till the third semester of first year cd was going to teach us a course to to you know uh, let him know and and try and build that rapport and today and today cd is one of my mentors right i mean i'm extremely grateful to him for the opportunities he's been able to provide to me uh, in, in uh, to you know advance my career in the field of sports and sports marketing uh, and and that wouldn't have happened had it not been for a chance conversation at chota mm-hmm. 1 about 9:30 10 uh, the other thing again related to cd in the when i was in first year and the second our seniors actually had their sports marketing course going on hmm. uh, i i requested cd if i could go and sit for those classes right because i was so excited and keen to learn i i i think that's the other part right if you want to work in that if you want to work in the field the the uh, the enthusiasm and the curiosity to want to learn more will be auto should be automatic if, if it's not or it's or if it's forced then it makes you one it, it should be a red flag for you to say this is the right thing or no right but for me i think it was like i didn't even have to think twice about it and mm-hmm. it's been 10 years now so i can i can openly say that it was uh, there were these organized behavior classes which i ended up missing uh, two off to go and attend actually not two <laughs> multiple but to attend series classes of sports marketing and sitting in that and again those who be those who done the course in myka will know that it's a combination of cd teaching and the guest lectures lecturers so there yeah. harish krishnamachar there was joy bhattacharya joy bhattacharya so exactly uh, and at that point in time who was going to be my future super boss the head of marketing for force india also came wow. to to take a session so uh, i think those were great opportunities just sitting in that class learning from them i mean like one and a half years before that i, w- I was you know sitting in an it company I, i no disrespect to that job or the company it was a great place to work but mm-hmm. i was trying to figure out how to work in sport or what will it take for me to go there and here i'm sitting in a class you know uh 6 feet away from someone who's talking to me about the in and outs of what it how how sports marketing or sports management works so uh great learning experience over there and then again cd really helped in, in me getting i did not sit for any uh company for summer placement uh, i took the i took the decision of and I, like i said it made engineering made me realize what i don't want to do in life so i think i was one of the first guys in the history of mica who probably did not apply to png when wow. png came for summer internship they had that test the first uh, i think the the, the first uh, filter filtration method was a written test and you know everybody typically applied for that and i remember i got a call from placecom when i had eo and i did uh, and and placecom i said are you sure is it a mistake i said no no i'm absolutely sure so uh and and i hadn't sat for any uh, companies because none of them were in sport and i was trying to do something by my you know off campus by myself go you know recall reach out and i remember i spoke to cd in uh, january 2011 mm. uh, when and the internship was supposed to start sometime in april mm. uh, and to be honest when i look back i actually was never stressed out about it or never really concerned that i didn't have a summer internship Hmm. uh now now when i wonder now when i look back i wonder how right or uh, i wonder why uh and uh, because all, all my friends were placed most of my batchmates were placed they were all getting ready for summers and then cd put me in touch with the force india team at that time and said hey this is someone from mica who's kind of keen to work in sport can you give him a shot at an interview and and i actually got uh, uh got a call for an interview I had to come down to bombay to to give an interview and uh again the the person who interviewed me then kunal uh who was going to be my boss during the internship was was extremely nice and i ended up getting the offer and i, I even remember i think uh you we were supposed to start interning from the first week of april hmm. i got a final internship offer in my hand in the first week of march oh, right wow. so i mean that that's how close it was but in hindsight i, I actually never felt uh the pressure of not having an internship mm-hmm. uh, and then again coming back to the point of you know just being extremely lucky 
टू बी इन दू थाउजेंड ट्वेल्व टेन ट्वेल्व विंडो बिकॉज so this was this was actually i mean like i said extremely lucky it the, the the driver academy and the indian grand prix both happening back to back that year and the opportunity to work in a team that was involved in both hmm. uh and 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 you know uh our internship picked up from there and then when i came back to campus uh, kunal actually asked me if i could continue working and uh you know keep shuttling between ahmedabad and wherever it required me to to work and I, again i think the Uh, with with my MCA responsibilities, with managing academies, and with that, I think the institute also was extremely flexible, and my colleagues in MCA also were extremely flexible. I was remote working in MCA at that time in 2012, when at the time when everybody is doing it now, and also working and remote working from campus for Post India, uh, uh, you know, for, on the projects I was working on, and it just uh, second year typically people say is quite. Uh, chilled out at at my cup but my first two semester and second year were actually quite hectic but i enjoyed it right i enjoyed every moment of it that was i remember the first time that uh, uh, the indian grand prix was happening around diwali weekend mm-hmm. and the drivers had come down just before diwali and there were you know these press commitments sponsor commitments that had to be done and someone needed to accompany them and i remember our our agency at that time said hey diwali we can't send anyone we don't want folks to work during diwali and i was a summer intern i mean i was an intern there and i actually put my hand up and said you know what i'll do it i you'll never get an opportunity like this so that was the first time in my life i actually wasn't with family for diwali but i was actually working and you know with the drivers traveling with them across the country to um, uh, make sponsor commitments and again not once did i feel that i was making a sacrifice right? or not once did i feel why am i putting myself through this i think that i just enjoyed the entire process i enjoyed being a part of it i enjoyed the opportunity right so the point i'm trying to come to is it's important for people who want to work in sport mm-hmm. to understand that you know it you need to keep your eyes ears open for opportunities could come from anywhere and just be keep yourself as prepared as possible for when it happens right so so keep reading keep yourself updated on what's happening in the world of sport now there are so many more publications available on you know which up how you give news on a regular basis on the sports industry there in india there inside sport globally the sport business the sports pro there's so many things you can just keep yourself updated on i think that's that, that's the first part about just being curious and and being absolutely certain as to uh, you know you want to work in this and something will definitely come your way that's one and and the second one is always realize that you know it may never be a direct path into sport right it could it, it could be and indirect path but as long as you know you want to work in that direction mm. things will fall into place i think for me also when i joined united spirits now again i didn't sit for uh, summers in campus but when um, the final placement happened again at that point in time i i knew i wouldn't sit for any non sport company and I, again i coming keep coming back to the fact that I'm extremely lucky that the first time in the history of mica ub actually came to hire right from, from campus wow so united spirit came uh, for our final placement that was the only company i applied to uh, and i managed to get through the crack the interview and get through uh, uh, get an offer from them uh, and even in that interview i had you know specifically said that i want to work in sport but i think what was understood was that united spirit has a management training program which you need to be a part of you need to go through the rigor so the my my first six months at united spirit i was actually selling liquor across uh-huh. karnataka right uh-huh. so i mean march 2012 you are graduate you, gra- you graduated from mica you feel you are you're on top of the world you're ready for that you know cushy corporate job right? mm-hmm. and you're going to you're going to be sitting as a quote and quote brand manager figuring tracking the next big campaign but uh august 2012 uh, i was in hubli going from uh, theka to theka selling mcdowell's the director special and and royal challenge right uh, i think that's a good that, that that was a good reality hit as well uh, i my sales stint in in across both north and south karnataka and bangalore was a good uh, you know reality check in back into the real world because mica does put you into a bubble of sort yes uh, and but at the end of it i always knew that you know i continue doing this i'll get something in in sport and again i come back to this point of being extremely lucky when i when i was hired at at uh, at united spirits i think the 
the role they eventually ended up allotting me first was this uh, was in something called emerging markets united spirit was just entering africa and southeast asia okay. at that point in time mm. uh, and they were actually going to put me as a part of the marketing team over there so my role would actually entail traveling to those countries to set up uh, marketing and distribution over there uh and i actually have uh, and i thought okay i'll do that for a year year and a half and then try and switch to sport which is rcb mm-hmm. but uh there was due to the uh, mistake made by the hr team uh, okay. i actually my, my opportunity to work in rcb was fast track so i got a may so uh, towards the end of our management training stint uh, uh we were going to get a lot we were going to start uh, you know being allotted to each of those roles and i knew HR, HR had already told me what role I was getting. Okay. But then I got a, I got a mail from someone else in HR saying, uh, "Hey, there's a really interesting opportunity. Why don't you come and meet me? I'll talk to you about it." So wow. I said, "Okay." Uh, and then she started talking to me about it, and she said, "There is opening in the digital team, and they're looking for a management trainee. Why don't you go over there? Why don't you meet that team?" So I was like, "Okay, but you know, I am." going to i'm supposed to join the emerging market team she's like oh no i did not know that i thought you actually don't have a profile uh, you know allotted to you as yet mm-hmm. so i said no it's allotted uh, so then i said uh, uh, you know what now that you told me about this i'm not going to say i i don't want to give up on it please let me go and talk to the team and find out a little more and i i knew that that team worked on rcb as well right so, wow. so i went and met that team i i did an interview with them also and then i managed to get that role and it required me to then go and talk to and i told the hr i will make your job easy you don't have to tell the the head of emerging market that this has happened i will go and tell them that this has happened right so the i think the the intent and and the the drive to want to work in in rcb was so much that i was willing to even go and have those tough conversations with as a management trainee with a business head to go and tell them that you know i was supposed to join your team but unfortunately i don't think i'll be able to because this opportunity has come along so uh, again just extremely lucky uh, but at the same time they're making the most of the opportunity and and with the uh, you know uh, following through on stuff mm. that comes their way like this i think that's extremely important i mean i think when you look back at it it's absolutely worth it Yeah I think in hindsight everything is worth it right yeah. uh, when you when you look at it uh, but uh, I I'm just extremely grateful for all the folks who supported me in this in this journey to uh, so far to even the uh, the luck that the fair share of luck that come my way hmm. so that as we reach the last over of this innings I have one last question mm-hmm. for you uh, through your career in sports marketing is there any moment that you find extremely funny or extremely interesting that that would almost be impossible to forget for you <laughs> uh well actually uh yes so there is a, a very interesting um uh, uh moment from i think it should be july 2016 if i'm not mistaken okay. uh we were uh, we were in uh, chennai for for premier futsal hmm. and R- ronaldinho had uh, come down to india and he played hmm. and this was the for those who followed i think this was the night he actually scored those five goals in in chennai in one game hmm. and uh please supposed to continue but then something came up and i think the brazilian government wanted him to come back because he was one of the ambassadors for the rio 2016 games and he had to fly back on on sunday night itself oh. right mm-hmm. uh so uh, and we were supposed to actually do a shoot with him the day after mm-hmm. or a couple of days after mm-hmm. uh for some marketing collateral mm-hmm. so we 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 realized that you know he's flying out that morning at 2 mm-hmm. and that by by the by that afternoon was when we got to know so in the in the afternoon we actually set up in in the hotel where he was we uh, took a small banquet room and actually then got a production house at the last minute and and got uh, a, a, a green screen set up done to shoot with him he got there was a script ready and and uh, you know uh, we got him over there and then we all realized that you know we had uh, spoken to the production house and everything was done but the director was actually booked for two days after so there was no director oh. for that particular shoot uh-huh. uh so uh i actually ended up directing that shoot for lack of a better word like i was talking to ronaldinho and his brother his brother was at that time and he understood english better than ronaldinho and 
this video is still there on and and it went live on Ronaldinho's Facebook page as well. So wow, his manager amazing. was also traveling with him and and they were actually going live on his page off from you know behind the scenes of the shoot. So that's actually still there somewhere on on his videos. If you go to Ronaldinho's Facebook page and see that, you'll actually see me talking to him, taking him through the script, telling him what to say, uh, and and uh, you know. Uh, Preparing him for that, so I think that that is something I would have least expected to ever done. But it was funny, stressful, and in hindsight, good fun to be a part of. I, I think that's a moment I think all football fans out there will envy you for. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fact, some of my friends who did not know I was you know doing uh, working sport or was working at that point in time on something with Premier Football, they saw me on that live and they messaged me separately saying, "Hey, is that you? We just saw you over there," or they were commenting on that saying, "Hey, is that you?" So, a little bit of cheap thrills over there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, on that note, we come to the end of this podcast. And thank you, Siddharth. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing all that moments with us and enlightening us with how the sports marketing works and your experiences with it. Thanks, thanks, Ashish. Thanks for having me on this, and uh, you know, all the best for you for this initiative. Uh, and look forward to listening to the other episodes as well. So thank you, thank you so much. See you. See you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.